O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic Conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined as always by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Hey, Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good, and you have picked a topic this week with a thought-provoking and stimulating title, The Forgotten Tabernacle. Now, to start off, we know that the tabernacle is that gold container, usually gold, that sits behind the altar or on the side of the sanctuary, and it contains a ciborium, the cup that holds the consecrated hosts, which are now, we believe, the body of Jesus Christ. And therefore, we believe that Christ himself is present in the tabernacle. And his presence is declared or designated by the red sanctuary lamp, that the special lamp fueled by oil or wax, which is kept lit to indicate and honor the presence of Christ in the church. But it seems like that we do not come to adore him. And I guess that's what you mean by the forgotten tabernacle, right? Yeah. And there are two ways that Jesus in the tabernacle is forgotten. One way is when we don't go and visit. And I don't mean unbelievers or irreligious. I'm talking about practicing Catholics, who, even though they live close to a church, but use their energy for every other activity, but visiting Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And the second way is when we go to church and we don't give Jesus in the tabernacle the proper respect, you know, by half kneeling or making the sign of the cross haphazardly or looking at your cell phone. We must, all, we must be aware always within the presence of Jesus the Eucharist isn't a thing. It's a living person. It's Jesus Christ who's there who wants to help us. Yeah. And if we believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, we are now drawn to something. Oh, come, let us adore him. Adoration of the Eucharist. And in yes. church, we were always taught when we were kids that when you come into the church, you simply place yourself quietly in the presence of God and you know say nothing. But of course, you could also say appropriate prayers in front of the blessed sacrament yeah i mean only if we you know encounter christ as a living person in that tabernacle will we encounter him as a living person in holy communion we you know we often look at the host as an object much like much like looking at at someone's clothes rather than looking at the person's face and what they're saying jesus has ears eyes and hands to help us but we don't speak to him. We don't let him see us there. We don't want the grace that he wants a hand to us if we only show up every once in a while. That's true. And, and if you think of it as being in relationship with a person, the person of Jesus Christ, we develop a more intimate prayer life with him. For, for example, we know how painful it is to be ignored, for example. Some people come home at night with no one to greet them. Some people are left in a nursing home with no one to visit them. And we know how unfair and unjust and how sad that is. Now, we're in a relationship with Christ. We know Jesus was abandoned when he was arrested and again when he was crucified. And knowing that he is present now and that we love him, we don't want him abandoned or forgotten anymore. No, Jesus in the tabernacle, he's not inactive or silent in spite of appearances. Most Catholics do believe Jesus is there. But it doesn't go to their heart. They bury their faith in their routines, their comfort, their idiosyncrasies. There has to be an actualization of your faith. 
And there's no greater pursuit than to not deny ourselves, you know, the everyday pleasures of other activities to make time for Eucharistic adoration. The, the aim, the aim of it, the aim of Holy Communion is to make us more like Christ. Holy yeah. Communion by its power acts upon us throughout the day until we become a child of God. That's why it's important to go not only adore, but to receive Eucharist as much as possible in, in the state of grace, of course. Amen. Receive. But some people will say that Eucharistic adoration is maybe too passive or that there's really nothing going on. But it can be a dynamic holy hour of contemplation and prayer. Some people will pray a rosary and think of the sorrowful mysteries, for example, or other people may read from scripture, which is a great practice, maybe John 13 through 17, the, the Last Supper discourse, or Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. And sometimes in quiet meditation, you may sense the quiet urgings of our Lord, which may guide us toward a more healthy decision or choice in our lives. You know, we often forget the same Jesus we read about in these Gospels is the same Jesus we visit in the tabernacle. So like you said, it is a, it is a good practice to read when you, when you do visit him. Yep. There was a bishop uh, um, who became a saint. He was called the Bishop of the Abandoned Tabernacle. St. Manuel, was, he was canonized by J. Paul II in 2001. He believed that the person of Christ in the Eucharist had to be the source, center, and summit of the church's evangelization and catechesis, right? We must remember there are three fundamental dimensions of the Eucharist the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the most important, the sacramental gift of Holy Communion, and the real presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Well, I mean, we've said this before, but the real presence is what has held the Catholic Church together for these 2,000 years. Nothing yeah. else except that. But think about, talk about the Bible, Revelation 3, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will enter his house and dine with him, and he with me. He wants to dine with us, but we must listen to him and open the door of our hearts. And you mentioned saints. I love how you come up with saints that I haven't been as familiar with, but we all know St. Uh, uh, Teresa of Calcutta. She famously said, the crucifix teaches us how much Jesus loved us back then. But the sacred host teaches us how much he loves us now. Yeah, the greatest act of gratitude we can pay to Jesus for giving us the gift of the Holy Communion is to imitate him throughout the day. We can't separate the two. We must try our best to bring Jesus to everyone we meet. When we leave Mass, that's where our real work begins. True enough. But, you know, in at Mass, when we come into the church, before we even sit down, we genuflect to the tabernacle to honor the presence of Christ. When the priest or deacon approaches the tabernacle to get or return the ciborium, we genuflect always. And we that's what all the bowing and kneeling is for, is respect and reverence for the presence. Yeah, if we go to the tabernacle too full of ourselves, There'll be no room for Jesus. Jesus wants to heal us, but we must come to him humbly and make room for him. Humility is the key to holiness. And, and that's the, the beauty of the Eucharist, the way Jesus appears in, in humility, in, in, in the presence of a host. Amen. You know, when we read that St. Therese or Sister Faustina had these profound encounters with Jesus while praying before the Eucharist, 
you know, we ourselves should not doubt or be surprised if the Lord speaks to us in the peaceful quiet of our prayers in front of the tabernacle. Yeah, he will. I mean, you just have to, you just have to go and show up. You have to be present and he will give you the grace that you need. Like you said, amen, my man. Okay. Yeah. Folks, don't forget to like us or follow us and send us an email at anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next time, okay? God bless. Thanks, Deacon.